Blog Talk Radio. The Four Persons, Inc. is a federally registered and licensed 501c3 charity. Any use of any of our content without our permission is prohibited by law. Our purpose is evangelization, education, and social action. Please go to our website at thefourpersons.com or our blog site at thefourpersons.net to make your tax-deductible donation by credit or debit card. You can also send a check to The Four Persons, Inc., P.O. Box 11214, Manassas, Virginia, 20113. To contact us, send us an email at email at thefourpersons.com. Welcome to the Saturday Burnt Toast and Coffee Show with apologist William Hemsworth on the Four Persons Network. William is passionate about teaching the faith. He is a convert that attended a Baptist seminary. He is a father and a catechist that will encourage you to live the faith, evangelize, and defend it. To call into the show, the number is 515-602-9655. Once again, the phone number to call into the show is 515-602-9655. And good afternoon, everyone. My name is William Hemsworth. Thank you so much for joining me on the Burt Toast and Coffee Show here on the Four Persons Network. Hope everyone is doing well out there. Glad to be back in the saddle. Last week I had to have a pre-recorded show. Um, my wife and I we had a much-needed um, vacation. Just the two of us, you know, no kids, nothing like that. We spent a few days in New Orleans. Uh, we went to Mass at the historic St. Louis Cathedral. It was absolutely beautiful. And um, the Archbishop down there, the Archbishop of New Orleans, was actually the one that celebrated Mass while we were there. So that was kind of cool. Like I said, great to be back with you all. And today, um, we're going to continue our journey through the Didache. But before we get there, though, um, yesterday, I had the opportunity, and some of you know, I'm a regular uh, guest on Gary Machuda's Hands-On Apologetics radio program on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Well, yesterday, Gary was filling in for Al Cresta on Cresta in the Afternoon over at EWTN. And he brought me on as his first guest. The second guest is was, was uh, William Albrecht. And if, for those of you who are not familiar with William Albrecht's work, please get familiar with it. The man has forgotten more about apologetics than most of us will ever know. He has a wealth of knowledge. He has a fantastic YouTube channel, some great books out there. But um, I was, like I said, very honored to be on that platform I'm very thankful to my friend Gary Machuda uh, for thinking of me and bringing me on that program. It was a great honor. And at the end, uh, it was right at the very end of the show, I had an opportunity to plug this show on Cresta in the Afternoon. Uh, So that was pretty cool. Now, for those, like like I said at the top of the show, today we're continuing our journey through the Didache. But I just want to give a brief recap of what we have covered 
so far. Um, we started this journey about what, three weeks ago. Now we're going to continue on today. Every week we're going to go through another chapter in the Didache. And so the Didache is actually short for this full title, which is called the Lord's Teaching Through the Twelve Apostles to the Nations. And it was a manual for people coming into the church. And it was also a manual for early Christian leaders on how to run things, you know, church customs, how to do baptism, how to celebrate the Eucharist. All these things are contained in here. But um, for a period of time, the text was lost to us. But a complete text was discovered in 1873. Prior to that, like I said, it was kind of lost for a while. But there were snippets, there were pieces of it. Um, St. Athanasius discussed the document as well as the church historian Eusebius. And it was written very early on, um, as early as 70 AD. Okay, so the official range, because they're not totally sure, is 70 AD, maybe up to 110 AD. But either way, this is a document that was written very early on in the church's history. And if, it, and if we go by that earlier dating, if it was written in AD 70, which there's good evidence to support that hypothesis, it's written during the time where some of the apostles were still alive. Definitely St. John was. So it's very, very fascinating. But there's, there's some very important things that are discussed in the Didache. Um, so we have like the Trinitarian formula for baptism. Uh, we have the Eucharist discussed, the importance of evangelism, uh, things of that nature. There is a lot of things in here. But one of the questions I got asked a couple weeks ago, because this is one of the, since this is one of the first documents written outside of the New Testament, why doesn't talk about the divinity of Christ? Because that's because the Didache isn't about is not a Christological document. It's not talking about Christology. It's about ethics and church practice. So that's what it's about. There's no mention of Jesus as the Son of God or the significance of that relationship. Um, no understanding of the nature of Jesus as a healer, miracle worker, savior, etc. Jesus is called the child of the father, but this does not distinguish him from the lineage of Israel's great king. Just because the Didache doesn't say, hey, Jesus is God, doesn't mean that the early church didn't believe that Jesus is God. There's a ton of documents from those periods, from the early church fathers, talking about Jesus is God. That wasn't the Didache's purpose. The Didache was not an evangelism tool. It was... A, I mean, it's talking about evangelism, but it's not one of those things that are going to be handed out to those who weren't Christians and say, read this. It's going to tell you who Jesus is. That wasn't the point of this document. The point was to instruct Christians on proper living. And that's what we call the, the two ways in this document. We have the way of life and we have the way of death. And what's fascinating is the way of life we see a lot of 
direct teaching, direct parallels from the New Testament. So that, that's, that's very fascinating because at that point, the whole Bible was not compiled. It was not like one document or one book like I have in front of me right now that has all 73 books of the Bible. It has the four Gospels there. That wasn't the case. These New Testament books were individual books sent out to different locations. But here is the oral tradition written down in the Didache of what proper Christian, Christian living looks like. So, again, chapter one is all about loving God and loving neighbor. And it consists of a number of citations from Jesus in the Gospels. Uh, chapter two there's five commands from the Ten, Ten Commandments, and he, and the Didache flat out states that abortion and infanticide are both immoral because it was something that was still going on during that time. But today, today, my friends, we're going to dive into Chapter Three. Now, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, Chapter Two was very short; it was only seven verses. Uh, chapter Three, it's a little longer. Uh, we have 16 verses in there. Chapter 3 gives us reasons for abstaining from anger, lust, pagan magic, lying, vanity, complaining, and evil thinking. So again, we're continuing on with that way of life. Okay? So, excuse me, I had to get a sip of water there chapter 3 verse 1 says my child flee from every evil and everything that resembles it and I think that's good advice for us today as well as back when this was written to abstain from every evil it's very tempting sometimes uh, to say oh this little thing isn't going to hurt me but before we know it we're deeply involved in something that we shouldn't be involved in. Okay. Let's take, let's take pornography, for example. No one's goal is to say, hey, I'm addicted to pornography. That's never anyone's goal. But how does it start? Oh, I'm going to look at this image just real quick. It's that seed that's planted. But if we entertain it, we're allowing it to grow. So, But if we abstain from evil and everything that resembles it, we're in the way of life because we're focusing on good things. We're focusing on what Jesus has done for us. We're focusing on the gifts of the Spirit. And that's going to make us not only better people, but it's going to grow in holiness and in the likeness of Christ. Chapter 3, verse 2. Do not be angry, for anger leads to murder, nor be jealous, nor contentious, nor wrathful. Now, this is very hard sometimes. If we've ever been hurt, maybe by someone that we've deeply trusted, okay, sometimes we hold that grudge, we let that anger grow in our hearts. Now, I want to make a distinction here between righteous anger and and just regular anger. Righteous anger is when we're standing up for the faith, for example, and 
we see something that should not be happening and we're being prompted by the Holy Spirit to correct it. There's a, there's a difference there. The anger that the Didache is talking about here is that the grudge, the malice, like wishing nothing good on that person, wishing harm on them. Remember what Jesus said, love your neighbor, pray for those who persecute you. For what you're like, and I'm, this is William's uh, paraphrase here. You're just like the world if you hold on to anger. And remember what Jesus said. Even if you call your brother a fool, you are guilty of murder. Let's not lose sight of that. Because if we're angry, if we're angry with someone and we're holding on to that anger, we're doing great harm to ourselves because of the stress that causes. But we're wishing harm on someone else that's made in the image and likeness of God. Okay, so anger leads to murder. All right. Now, murder, it could be the physical taking of a life. But just remember what Jesus said. If you call someone a fool in anger, you're guilty of murder. Didache is echoing those words of Christ here. Verse 3, for all these things, murders, are engendered. Verse 4, my child, be not lustful, for lust leads to fornication, neither foul speaking, neither with uplifted eyes. All right, now, here we go. The Didache is speaking to us today as well in this regard. Be not lustful. So remember what our Lord said when he's talking about adultery. Our Lord says it's not just the physical act of of adultery. But if you lust for someone in your heart, you are guilty of adultery. I mean, think about that. And guys, I'm, uh, guys, I'm speaking to you, man to man here as well. That's very hard for us sometimes. Maybe we see someone who catches our eye. There's a difference between saying, that, hey, that person, is, that person is beautiful, and then all of a sudden you're undressing her with your eyes. Then we've crossed the line. There's a difference. Do not lust. And trust me, it's very hard. I'm not, gonna, I'm not sitting here preaching to you saying, oh, it's an easy thing to do, because it isn't. But remember, you're married. If you're picturing someone else naked or viewing those images that I talked about earlier, you are committing adultery. And that's something that needs to be confessed. Lust leads to fornication. So when we're lusting for someone, we're no longer reviewing them as an object. That loving... That loving act is kind of thrown out the window. We're now we're just using someone for our passions. And that's not what sex is for, right? That's not what it's all about. All right. Neither foul speaking, neither 
with uplifted eyes. This one's kind of interesting. And this is, again, this is part of verse 4. Well, foul speaking neither with uplifted eyes. Think about when you're praying. So, you know, the traditional act of prayer, we know nowadays as, you know, having our head bowed and stuff. But one of the prayer postures is looking up into the heavens, right? So if we're looking up in heaven, we're praying, but we're like cursing under our breath. That's kind of what we're talking about. Don't do that stuff. That's like taking God's name in vain. It's like echoing. It's echoing the Ten Commandments here. Don't take the name of the Lord God in vain. Verse 5, for all these things, adulteries are engendered. Verse 6 here, chapter 3, verse 6. My child, do not be a dealer in omens, since it leads to idolatry, nor be an enchanter, nor an astrologer, nor a magician. Neither be willing to look at them. So this is a, really a warning against, this is a warning against idolatry, divination, and things like that. So don't be a dealer in omens. Sometimes we can get really superstitious. So let's be honest here. Is the purpose of a statue of St. Joseph to be buried head first in a yard so your home can sell? That's not the purpose of a statue of St. Joseph, right? That is superstition. I'm going to go out on a limb here. That is dealing in omens. That is not how things work. That is superstition. Now, there's nothing wrong with asking for the intercession of St. Joseph to help sell your house. That's fine. But saying, you know, I'm going to go buy the statue, bury it head first, and my house will be guaranteed to sell. Superstition, that's dealing in omens. That's something that the Didache is telling us not to do. And I'm just giving a modern example that I see a lot here in Tucson, Tucson, Arizona, where I live. And I know it happens across the country as well because there are Catholic bookstores that sell these statues as home-selling kits. They're dealing in omens. Have no part in that. Have no part in superstition. Because it leads to idolatry. If we're putting our faith in the superstition, we're no longer putting our faith in God. That is idolatry. Idolatry is anything that we put ahead of God. And it could be anything. It could be our cell phones. It could be our computers. It could be our spouses even. It could be our jobs. It could be anything. But dealing with omens leads to idolatry. Because we're putting our faith in those false false things and not where it belongs. Nor be an enchanter, nor an astrologer, nor a magician. All right, so when the Didache is talking about a magician here, he's not talking about the entertainment kind, you know, that are wearing the suit with a top, you know, pulling rabbits out of hats and stuff. Those are illusionists. These are not the magicians that the Didache is talking about. The Didache, when it talks about magicians, it's talking about those diviners, right? So talking to spirits, talking to trying to manipulate spiritual forces for their own good. That is what a magician is. And they're still around. 
um, not as popular as they used to be, but they're still around. So, for example, search up the the Esoteric Order of the Golden Dawn, or the the OTO, which was founded by Aleister Crowley. They're still operating. They're still around. That's magic. That is, or the or the, Theof- the Theosophic Society, Rosicrucianism, things of that nature. All right, because they deal with magic, the astrology, chance, to try to manipulate spiritual forces. The dedicate says you want you want to choose the way of life. You need to stay away from those things, because they will lead to death of your soul. You may live a long life, but in the end, your soul is going to die, and that's not worth it. It's not worth it. The dedicate says don't even. Be willing to look at them. Now, sometimes we may pick up some of these books or something and read it out of curiosity. That's kind of what Didache is talking about. If you're reading it to get an understanding so you can debunk it, like on an apologetic level or an evangelism level, that's a different story. But if you're just reading it out of pure curiosity, the Didache is kind of warning us against that. Verse 7, for from all these things, idolatry is engendered. All right, dedicate chapter three, chapter three, verse eight. My child, do not be a liar, since lying leads to theft. Neither be avaricious, nor glory in vanities. So it's the proper spirit of humility, okay? Don't be, don't be that person that's walking around saying, I'm the best there is. Uh, for those that... I'm a big wrestling fan, and Bret Hart used to say, I'm the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. And, of course, he's playing a character. But if we're walking around, like, really thinking that, like, we're better than everyone else, the world revolves around me, I'm the hottest thing going right now, yeah, be prepared to be knocked down. That's going to be a long fall to the bottom, and hopefully you treated people right on the way up. But odds are, if you're thinking that way, you probably weren't. But don't be a liar. Speak the truth. Sometimes the truth hurts. But speak that truth in love at all times. Let your life shine. Let your life show the truth that you believe. Uh, Verse 9. For from all these things, thefts are engendered. All right. Chapter 3, verse 10. My child, do not be a murmurer, since it leads to blasphemy. Neither be self-willed, nor a thinker of evil thoughts. So, what is a murmurer? Well, let's go over it. What is a murmurer? So, a murmurer is someone who likes to gossip. Can't keep their mouth shut. Gossip is it's a favorite pastime of us humans but it leads to blasphemy it leads to bearing false witness it leads to saying things that are not true and we've all done it I mean let's be honest oh have you heard so and so I saw so and so with so and so maybe they're cheating on their spouses with each other And the next thing you know, it all blows up into this story. 
feelings are hurt, friendships end, maybe there's divorces because of it. We have caused all kinds of bad things to happen. Or let's do a popular one in the church today. Pope Francis said this, this, and this. He's an anti-pope. He is not the true pope. He needs to be killed. Yes, a priest recently said that. Without getting the context of what he's saying. And I get it. But there's a lot of internet personalities whose sole purpose is to get one thing, one line from Pope Francis, and they make a lot of cash from it. I'm not going to name names here, but you know who they are. That is being a murmurer. That is a sin. So we need to stop that. Do I agree with everything Pope Francis says? No, but he is the Pope. He is the Vicar of Christ. And so, yeah, I will defend him to the best of my ability. I'm not saying I always agree with him because I don't. But there's a difference between not agreeing with him and intentionally misinterpreting things to get views and clicks. That's being a murmurer. Chapter 3, verse 11. For from all these things, blasphemies are engendered. This next one's going to sound familiar to a lot of you. Chapter 3, verse 12. But be meek, since the meek shall inherit the earth. That may sound familiar because it's one of the Beatitudes. So let me read you what our Lord said in the Beatitudes. This is from Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. This sentiment is also, also seen in um, Psalm chapter 37, verse 11. It says, But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. So our Lord was quoting from the Psalms. The Didache is quoting from the Lord. It's been a constant teaching. So be meek. Be humble. Seek righteousness. Do good. Seek the Lord always. And and do that, we'll be meek. All right, chapter 3, verse 13. We're almost at the end. we got four more verses, guys. Be long-suffering and pitiful and guileless and quiet and kindly and always fearing the words which you have heard. All right. This is all about being patient. This is all about respect. What we hear, fearing the words which you have heard, this doesn't mean cowering in fear and trembling, but having a respect and a reverence. So having a respect and a reverence for what we are taught as Catholics. Having a respect for our Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. Having a humility and a respect for those around us. Being kind, showing the love of Christ. Remember, we've been forgiven much, so we must forgive much. Not only is that from Scripture, a lot of people throughout the years have said that. For example, C.S. Lewis used to say that quite a bit. Be long-suffering. Be patient. Guys, bad things are going to come. 
this isn't the health and wealth gospel, the prosperity gospel is not real. Just because you follow Christ does not mean you're going to have an easy life. Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. But we need to remain steadfast. We need to keep our eyes on the prize. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. And one of the ways he did that is by giving us a church that helps us get to heaven. That's the church's whole mission. Yes, the church is the most charitable organization in the world. It clothes, feeds, and gives health care to more people in the world than any other organization on a daily basis. And that's a great mission. It's the works of mercy. But its primary mission is to get people to heaven. That's why Jesus established a church founded on his teaching, founded on the traditions that he taught to the apostles. Things are not always going to be rosy. Things are not always going to be cut and clean. But keep your eye on Jesus. Keep your eye on the church, and we're going to be okay. Chapter 3, verse 14. You shall not exalt yourself, neither shall you admit boldness into your soul. This is a warning against pride. There's a meme I like to post every few months. There's this guy in armor. And he says, you know what, I'm so, I'm doing so well on my spiritual walk, nothing can harm me. And then the next screen, which is right below it, there's an arrow going through the little visor in the armor. Pride. Pride will make us stumble. Pride will make us think that, oh, I don't need to pray today. Pride will make us think, oh, I don't need to read scripture today. Pride will make us think, you know what, this person treated me like garbage. I'm going to treat them the same way. Pride will make us think, oh, I'm tired. It's Sunday morning. I'm just going to skip mass today and take care of myself. Pride leads to spiritual ruin. Don't let pride creep in. Verse 15, your soul shall not accompany the lofty, but you shall walk with the righteous and humble. Now, again, nothing wrong with having money. That's what's talking about lofty here. But we should not abandon people when they have nothing or when they're humble. Okay, we need to stick by those people. It's all about being with the right crowd. You can have, I've met plenty of people that are rich, but they're really humble and they're genuinely great people. And I've met people who are rich and they're total jerks. I was in the banking business for 15 years. I've met all kinds. Keep righteous company. Keep humble company. Because you're going to turn into the people that you're hanging out with. Remember, this is the way of life. It's telling us how to live our lives to be great Christians here on earth. That doesn't mean we don't go where sinners are. I mean, Jesus did. But it doesn't mean we surround ourselves 24 hours a day with those people. Our close group of friends should be those humble people those righteous people that are seeking to do the right thing. Verse 16, last verse of chapter 3. You shall receive as good the accidents that befall you, knowing that nothing is done without God. This goes back to the book of James. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of many kinds. 
How many of you have ever encountered trials? I know I have. Many of you listening have. And at the time, we're like, God, why is this happening to me? This is horrible. Now, Didache and James isn't saying that, you know, we should be like laughing, have a smile on our face when bad things happen to us. But try to think of it as an example, as an opportunity to grow, an opportunity to grow in our faith, to grow as people. When we do that, when we try to see the good in something, no matter how bad it may be, there's going to be a lesson in there that we can grow from. So let's always look for that. Well, my friends, that concludes Chapter 3 of the Didache. Um, next week, we're going to be getting into Chapter 4. You know, logical, right? And Chapter 4 is very interesting. It talks about church harmony and church piety. It's talking about schism hypocrisy, all kinds of uh, interesting stuff that you're going to see a lot of parallels today, just as in those days. So my friends, I want to end this show with saying thank you for your support here of the Burnt Toast. Thank you for your support of the Burnt Toast and Coffee Show and of the Four Persons Network. The Four Persons is growing day by day. There's a lot of great things happening here on this in this apostolate. A lot of great shows. Uh, Luke Haskell, um, Ken Litchfield, Lisa Marie Nicole, Catholic musician, is starting her show on the 6th. Make sure to check that out. Catholicism Rocks, John Banco Show, our founder. So many great shows here. And our goal is to help you grow in your faith. So I hope we are doing that. Please pray for us as we pray for you. And please consider giving a donation to the apostolate. It takes money to get things going for the membership on blog here on blog talk radio. And just thank you so much for your support. All right. God bless you all. Have a fantastic day.